Let's thank God. Dear Lord, we're very grateful. Continue to watch over us. In life, in death, in having and not having, we'd ask that you would keep us a rejoicing people. In your son's name we pray, amen. Psalm 147, short psalm, 20 verses, kind of a general, say nice things about God, thank him. But in looking at it, sometimes, uh, we're talking a lot to people lately about the need for thanksgiving. Not because it's Thanksgiving season, but because there's a need for Thanksgiving to keep our minds straight, to keep our, um, our God where he ought to be and our submission. When we thank him for what he has done, we're not trying to rearrange what he has done into what I will do, my plans instead of his plans, my ways instead of his ways, because I'm thanking him. So that comes up halfway down. You see that red line in the middle there, sing to the Lord with thanksgiving. One of the other things that I, you know, when people uh, take that on, they say, yeah, thank you, Pastor. It's, it is a good thing to remember, to be thankful. Thank you, Lord, for this hamburger. You know, uh, or thank you for being worthy of thanks. We don't make it into much at all. Praise the Lord. For it is good to sing praises to our God, for he is gracious, and a song of praise is seemly. It's, it's, it's fitting. It's, it's good that we praise our God because... Our God is a giving God. That's the graciousness. Our God is a giving God. And we note that not merely because that's our theology about God, that he is a giving God, so that's why we have the singing portion of the service. No, but it's because of what we say in the singing. What we actually say. We've seen it in him, and we sing that praise to him because Praise to God is not saying praise God. That's just instructing others to, to praise God. Praising God is delineating what you are graciously accepting or what you are accepting by his graciousness. And it is seemly to sing praises in that circumstance. It's, it's absolutely fitting. You all remember the scene in Monty Python, of the uh, young man who just wants to sing. It's bothersome because Father, who I feel more like the father in that scene, um, doesn't understand why he wants to sing. I mean, there was, uh, wh why do you want to sing? I just want to sing, Father. Well, you should want to sing, Father, but you should have reasons for singing, not merely because you're a loopy, you know, effeminate. You're, um, 
You've looked at things. It's seemly to do so. It's the reaction. It's the reaction you would, I don't know if you've ever been in love. I hear that's pretty important to people when they fall in love. And are walking down the street. What's it, uh, my fair lady? Is it my fair lady? No. On the street where you live, you know that that uh, this guy. I think Jeremy Brett uh, was the actor playing uh, this besot besotted guy who's fallen in love with Audrey Hepburn. I don't understand why he was in love with Audrey Hepburn, but but he sang, you know, on the street where you live. I, Tristan and I years ago had another experience where somebody was walking down our street. We were on the porch having a manly talk and somebody's walking down the other side of the street, Polk Street, Moscow, Idaho, singing that song loudly. Kind of dancing. It's an odd neighborhood. But you probably felt like singing sometimes. Either in the triumphant nature of your love of God and your recognition of what it is, but just wanting to sing because it's the only way. Poetry, song, is the only way to express the biggest ideas that you're facing. Because he is gracious, and when you say he is gracious, it's not, I stopped you on the street and gave you five bucks. You could say, Evan is gracious. Not the same, quite the same. What if I gave you 10 bucks? Well, more gracious. What if I gave you $1,000? Stopped you on the street. Hey, say, 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 I got something for you. 1,000 bucks. <laughs> My view of Evan has changed. He's strangely worthy of my praise. But you say, oh, hold it, hold it, I miscounted. Here is a hundred thousand dollars. One, you would faint dead away. You would rise up from your faint singing about Evan. I would accept that. God is gracious. And he is, and this is what the psalm is good for, it sort of throws the kitchen sink at you about you recognizing it's seemly for you to sing his praise. I think people who don't sing the praises of God, it's not that, oh, you're not effeminate enough in church. No, you sing because you've recognized something far greater than you, just handed you $100,000 from every angle. The Lord builds up Jerusalem. He gathers the outcasts of Israel. He heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. Okay, so, so he's nice, right? People that are on the bottom of the circumstance, the poor, the dejected, the brokenhearted, the wounded. Yeah. He's been there for you. When it says, we, we reassure our hearts before him, even when our hearts condemn us, for God is greater than our hearts. 
What I want you to do is I want you to think about what the psalmist is doing here because in the next verse, it's like, hold it, can't you maintain a thread here? You know, heals the brokenhearted, binding up the wounded. It sounds like a modern evangelical church that has a ministry in, you know, being broken. And we're all kind of broken. And we all kind of need to have, you know, mama kiss it and make it feel better. The next verse is, he determines the number of stars. Forget about you and your pudgy little problems. You got them. And he's there for you, and he's gracious to you in it. And you should be thanking him and singing his praise. And, oh, excuse me, I'm also dealing with the God who called the universe into existence. And he gives to all of them their names. We can only manage numbers of the ones we spot. Some observatory somewhere, they're charting all of the visible universe and having to give some kind of mathematical signature to each star. God has the names of all the stars. And he determines how many there are. Now, verse 5, is great is our Lord and abundant in power. His understanding is beyond measure. So what I want to encourage you to do, and something I, that I, I've tried to use to illustrate, and you don't have to actually do this, but I recommend something like this just as an exercise. See if I can, what if I had a pair of scissors, I could do it. Okay, I'm going I'm to try it with this missionary flyer from the Justs. It's about, about an inch. If you kind of a one-inch square, ah, there we go. It's kind of a rectangle. Do it better yourself. Okay. Sam, the pres the the pastor is insane. What is he doing? Origami. Okay. Here's the rectangle. See my face, kind of. I see Ivana and Neil. Okay, here's Madison and Connor, half of Madison. I have to choose between half of Madison. Um, okay, what, what is this for? This is a square inch, square inch and a half, of your world. You walk out your door in the morning, you have this square inch, you have a lot of other square inches, too, so you kind of just sort of flush it out the back of your mind. All that data is going in through your eyes, hitting this valuation generator, the image generator in your brain, and then it immediately has to flush it because you've got to pick up another nanosecond of everything. The eye sees, but it's never filled. This is helpful in that we sometimes walk around in the fog of our God's graciousness. From your brokenness to the need for your city to be built, to the, your wounds, to the sky, stars above your head. Those two things, I mean, it's like what, they don't even belong together. Your emotional hurt, yes, God needs to be there for you. 
and you're thankful for God being there for you. But at the same moment, you got to turn around and look up at the stars and go, he made all of those and he named all of those. It'd be helpful if you just sort of pulled up a square that you tore out so you only saw the lighting tree over there that gets two of the lights. Because, you know, I was thinking this years ago, and this is why I tore this out. To make me focus on the 10,000 to 50,000 questions and good gifts that are inside that square. Because as soon as I look through it, I realize, yeah, I only see brown trim and white wall. But it's amazing how those turn into recognitions of things. A wall, a wall between what? A wall between inside and outside. I have a church inside of which I can worship and stay warm, and I can thank God for that. I'm looking out that brown trim, you know what? Some of you people don't remember. It used to be pink. Okay? Can you imagine how thankful I am? Look back up at it again. Ah, look a little bit higher so I get, ah, that's a window. It's a pointy-topped window. I'm thankful for the pointy-topped window. It could have been just square. Look at that. you got lights up here that used to be fluorescent. So Brian found these at a beat-up church website and got them for us. You've got, and that's just you scratching the surface about color, about light, about provision, about great things, about small things. Look at your universe to re and realize your God. He is gracious. He is abundant in power. His understanding is beyond measure. And we're walking around in this magical thing. Have you ever played, uh, what's that thing called? That it's a virtual reality gear. What's the name of it? Oculus. Oculus. I don't because I'm a Christian. But my son has, has it. And uh, he got his mother to wear it uh, last year or something like that, playing that batty stuff. I laugh at you. I live in what is called reality. It's a lot more convincing. And we run off to some, I remember back in the day, some of us old people remember going out and playing, what was the name of that game? It was tanks, you drove it around the landscape. It was just an outline of a tank and you shot at triangles. What? This was after Pac-Man, but before anything else. We live in a world that is a flat-out miracle. It cannot be here any other way. It can only be here by the God of power. Everything from you stumbling and skinning your knee to nations going to war to universes being called into existence. What do I start to see when I hold up the square I don't want to start a cult or anything, but get yourself some cardstock, cut the little square out, make it a half sheet so it fits in your Bible, so when you're sitting down in front of Bootsers, remember to you know, draw a little picture of the All Souls Christian Church logo on the back so they know what cult you're in. And I hold it up every so often and look at things and go, 
How many things? How gracious is my God? How many questions could I ask? How many answers could I get? How many good gifts are inside that square? Because the Lord lifts up the downtrodden, he casts the wicked to the ground. When I start to find out, when I start to thank God for what is and what he's done, I, forget, I begin to realize what he's like. When I see the thing I thank God for, I begin to see to do that for man, to rescue the downtrodden, the brokenhearted, the, the idiots, He's got to be good. He's got to be benevolent. And you know, I don't know if you knew, um, there are two kinds of people on the ground. Okay? The downtrodden. Let's just assume that's us. Because he's here to lift up the downtrodden. And the wicked. And they're on the ground because God has cast them to the ground. It's not position... Not everyone who happens to be functionally on the ground, phenomenally, momentarily on the ground, God is there to lift up because some of them are there because he threw them to the ground. That's the next verse. He casts the wicked to the ground. Does he have to turn around immediately and pick the wicked up because now he is downtrodden? When we start to look at our world about all the, de all the range of detail that God has been gracious to us in, who he is, what he is like, starts to come home to us. He has his understanding, verse 5, is beyond measure. You're, you have a God who, just to make the things inside the square, has to be infinite in power. You couldn't have, if you look through your little square, you could not have enough power in collecting all the power in the world to accomplish everything you are just seeing inside that square. You can't create the space, you can't create the color, you can't create the things. Oh, you can start, well, I can build the building, I can make the trim, but there's more going on inside the square than just what that is the things man did make. There's the eyesight that sees it. What do you know about your God? The when I thank God, this is why it says, yeah, I, I often quote this out of Romans, Romans 1. It says, although they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give him thanks. Therefore, he gave them up to the futility of their minds. If you're ever wondering why you're going through life with problems, some of your downtroddenness, some of your brokenness is because you haven't been playing the game right. Realize that honoring your God and giving him thanks, praising him, singing praises to him, and giving him thanks is the remedy to you. It trains you what he is like instead of you always thinking about what you would, what you would like life to be like. It's what God would like your life to be like. And his understanding is beyond measure. His graciousness is forever, amen. He does things for you all over. And unless we narrow down the scope, we might not see it well. 
Do we know the difference between the high and the low? Do you know how to react when he lets you know that he made the universe and named the stars? Sing to the Lord with thanksgiving. Make melody to our God upon the lyre. He covers the heavens with clouds. He prepares rain for the earth. He makes grass grow upon the hills. He gives the beasts their food and to the young ravens which cry. His delight is not in the strength of the horse, nor his pleasure in the legs of a man. As you stop to look at the world, you can get sidetracked, of course, by the little square. Matter of fact, you might want to make a calendar out of the things you see, right? You get those calendars in the mail. Somebody's running around the world taking soft focus pictures of a bunny in a field and, and a, a fox. Foxes are very hot right now. They, uh, they're always doing something in the snow with a puffy tail. And people want to have some verse out of the scriptures um, usually in some kind of a Vivaldi type that says something about uh, foxes, I guess, out of Song of Solomon, because that's kind of racy. Um, you like those calendars? Well, you don't ever hang them up. Leslie and I threw away a few of those calendars uh, just yesterday. People who send you photo calendars of what they think should be important. We're not, we're not putting that together. Even though the rain on the earth, the grass growing, the food for the animals, he lets you know, I'm not the kind of person, and I don't mean to insult you girls, I know you like horses. And nothing is worse than some girl forwarding you on Facebook, a prancing black, I don't know what they're called, stallion of some sort, which for some reason women are just, ha ha. And having a calendar with pictures of horses for every month. For men, it's maybe, you know, jets or, you know, scenes out of a video game. He lets you know his delight is not in the strength of the horse. This is, God made horses strong and he made man beautiful and he made the world wonderful and he did all these things for us. But what he really, you, you, you need to be looking at his world and not just going, oh yeah, what a great good gift. The horse is a great good gift. The fact that you have two legs, that's also a great good gift. That you can stand up straight, not fall down. You know, you can project a fall all the way through town where you keep falling forward and the other leg comes out and catches you. And, and it's an amazing bit of balance and you realize what's going on in your ears and you're thankful for it, but it's not all that to him. He gave us a lot of all that for us, but it's not all that to him. His delight is not in the strength of the horse. This is the God who's abundant in power. Doesn't need a horse. We're kind of amazed at a horse because sometimes we need a horse to pull something out of a ditch or pull a plow. But the Lord takes pleasure in those who fear him, in those who hope in his steadfast love. Now, 
I want you to be breaking apart your world to thank God because you've got a lot to thank him for. How, whatever method you use, you might not like the Evan method. You might be, oh, we're really circle people, not square people. Because we could have a church split over that. And all the good students say, you know, I don't want to limit my view. Okay. But do it. You have, a, you, have a, you have a world where God is shoveling grace on you. And if you weren't singing all the time, say you met the perfect girl. She fell in love. And you sang. And she heard you singing every morning because you're kind of a dork. Every morning, the mist rising off the field, you're outside her house singing a song you wrote. And it's not that bad. What's going to happen the first day you don't sing? She's going to come out and have a chat with you. Because no woman likes to have a man driven to singing her name stop singing. Because he's done. He's found the limit. Song of praise is seemly. We're singing to the Lord Almighty. His grace is unbounded. His gifts are on all fronts, top to bottom, side to side. And you're supposed to be learning things. He isn't just the one with understanding. You're supposed to come to understanding in this encounter with what you just saw inside the square of the circle. Where you... Uh, find that he is someone that you could not do anything less than fear. And the wonderful thing about the fear of the Lord, you're staring at something that can annihilate you, that called you into being. You're going to have hope in his steadfast love because you've seen that as well. That's what God, what God is like. It's called natural revelation or it's called natural theology. I have Psalm 19 here on the side, just the first couple of verses. They're quoted in Romans 10 on the gospel. And have they not heard? And he quotes this, the heavens are telling the glory of God and the firmament proclaims his handiwork. Day to day pours forth speech and night to night declares knowledge. There is no speech, nor are there words. Their voice is not heard, yet their voice goes out through all the earth and their words to the end of the world. Just looking through the square at the physical world, just eyesight and things seen, will load you up out of one moment with more than you can answer in your lifetime. So you can just fall back on the beauty of it. You can fall back on the thanksgiving of it. You can just go, thank you, Lord, for what I've seen. Because I've seen not just one little square inch, I've seen many square inches at all moments with peripheral vision. Every moment. And I still flush it out the other side. And my God is the God of this, both the explanatory, the power of being. Everybody has this. Everybody, the non-believer, this is for the non-believer, the person who does not have 
someone declaring anything. There's no excuse. His invisible power, his infinite power and deity are clearly perceived in the things that have been made. Nobody gets to walk. If you, well, I never saw the illustration about the little square. I know it's very helpful. I'm going to market these and have these made, maybe with little hand paddles on them, you know, little, like lolly, what are they called? Popsicle sticks, you know, that we can use as a fan in church and hold it up for your Thanksgiving God so I can see things. I'll be a millionaire. We don't, though. We don't stop to think. We don't stop to see. We don't stop to sing. We have a category of time in our congregational moments where, of course, we fight with other Christians about what we sing, how long we sing, whether it's hymns or psalms or choruses. We should be overwhelmed with what we see. We should be overwhelmed in knowing his power and our fear of him and our hope in him because of his steadfast love. Are you seeing that? Are you breaking that apart, even if you don't use the fancy square and don't purchase it from Evan Wilson Ministries? Are you seeing how much good God has done for you? Praise the Lord. O Jerusalem, praise your God, O Zion, for he strengthens the bars of your gates. He blesses your sons within you. He makes peace in your borders. He fills you with the finest of the wheat. There's a good Thanksgiving, like out of the song Audrey requested, it talks about the wheat coming into the barns. There he fills with the finest of the wheat. He sends forth his command of the earth. His word runs swiftly. He gives snow like wool. He scatters hoarfrost like ashes. He casts forth his ice like morsels. Who can stand before his cold? He sends forth his word and melts them. He makes his winds blow and the waters flow. For those of you who have been complaining about the snow, you are complaining about your God. I'm sorry. You can take it up with the living God when you go, oh, what's it going on? No. This is the, this is the work of God. The, 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 when, once, you got, once you start holding things up and going, you know, I'm defining God's creation as I look through the square. Look, it's snowing in October. Make it stop. He gives snow like wool. He scatters hoarfrost like ashes. Now, the more you can craft questions and declarations from what you see, the more you can not measure nature or weather in terms of whether it favored your purposes. You ever do that? Are you that kind of awful person? That the weather did not favor your plans for the weekend? And so you complained, I don't know to whom, as if the weather owed your circumstances the appropriate weather, that somehow the things of nature would align themselves with your will 
you do realize they align themselves inevitably with the will of God. He is the maker of all these things. Weather is his. There's nothing man can do about it. If you're ever wondering about, I don't know what your view is on climate change, <laughs> God's the only one with that. Now, what I want to bring around to this just rather natural theology of however you stop to look at life in front of you and break into song with what you're singing, everything from the support it is to you emotionally and your personal circumstances to the thing that supports the universe above your head. All the laws of nature, whether the Newtonian or new physics, whatever they are, from your hand of your God, there's something more that is past natural theology. The pagan can thank God. The pagan can thank God. He can see God as he is and that he is gracious. He has infinite power and he is a God. They can attribute all these things nature, laws of the universe, how things work, how you can make something happen. The it was the last verse, last two verses that struck me when I was reading through this. Verse 19, he declares his word to Jacob, his statutes and ordinances to Israel. He has not dealt thus with any other nation. They do not know his ordinances. When God speaks, we all can interpret the signals of other sensations. We know that there must be a God, that he must be great, that he must be good, that he must be just, that he must be all sorts of things just from seeing, sensing the world around us. like discovering the Rosetta Stone, which opened up our understanding of Egyptian, because we can compare it with something we did know. But otherwise, until that point, people were guessing by other circumstances on the ground what the Egyptians must have been up to, what they must have been writing about, but they didn't know how to translate Egyptian. You can see certain goods that you can thank God for that you can, in a Sherlock Holmes way, figure out. But you've been given, and so many, just like on all the old things you see and thank God for, you have been given the word of God exquisitely. You, you weren't just given sight. He sent his prophets And they said things. God came to us as a people and spoke. Not as a tribe, not the Scottish. The Scottish weren't visited. But the Jews and then the Christians, that mankind has had God speak to them. They got the Rosetta Stone. They know how to interpret 
some of the, the difficulties we see in the natural world when you're looking through your square at the world going, what do I do with that? That's this question. How do I understand? God says, I've declared myself. And then he sends himself the word in John 1. And the word was with God and the word was God. We have the opportunity to read the instructions. I'm not a big proponent of Bible memory or reading the Bible because you're being told to read the Bible. Obviously, it's a good thing. But, and so if you are reading it, don't let me dissuade you. But I'd like to see us know what in the world is happening around us. The Word of God sits in front of us as so much more than what the rest of the world can see of God. They can see a lot of God legitimately. We have been given the word of God, both in the scriptures and in Christ. Then it ends with the phrase, praise the Lord. Well, of course you would say that. Of course, if, if, if you were uh, good with your little square, a little notepad, I'm just going to hold it in one place. I'm going to look at that one place. I'm going to discern every question and every thanksgiving and every grace of God inside that square. And I'm going to write it down. And then you look at your list and you go, first I'm going to thank God for these. And then I'm going to try to answer some of it, you know, propose certain results from, well, if that is the case, what is, what is true? And then I'm going to go look at my Bible to find out whether or not the scriptures uphold my conclusion. Because I do have the ordinances and the statutes. Other nations don't have it. You do. You've got a wealth. Of course we should sing heartily. Of course we should thank God without ceasing. Of course we should fear him. And of course we should hope in him. And of course... We should praise the Lord. Let's thank God. Dear Lord, we are very uninformed about the graces that you provide day in, day out, every breath we take. The amazement that our bodies process energy from gas we breathe in. It's a, it's a veritable miracle that we are not acknowledging. And Lord, we'd ask that you would help us find some path. To seeing your infinite power and your godhood in the things that have been made and to thank you, and to praise you, and to measure out all of the patterns of who you are in justice, in righteousness, in help in times of trouble. It'd be hard to get off our knees, Lord, if we started thanking you adequately. Lord, help us begin to thank you in such a way that our minds are opened up to the righteousness and the understanding of your universe. 
thank you again. In your son's name we pray. Amen.